and the reading is on page 207 of your pew bible and it's uh, 1 Samuel 22 1-4 David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam when his brothers and his father's household heard about it they went down to him there all those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. From there David went to Mizpah in Moab and said to the king of Moab, Would you let my father and mother come and stay with you until I learn what God will do for me? So he left them with the king of Moab and they stayed with him as long as David was in the stronghold. This is the word of the Lord. It says, Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call, all my, I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me back to the rock that is higher than I. Do you ever get in that place of life where you feel overwhelmed? It's just too much? I think we all do from time to time. And this text which Louise read to us this morning finds David in one of those times. He's in a dark, damp, dreary, depressing cave. He's experienced the loss of everything and everyone he's leaned on in his life. He's alone, he's defeated, he's discouraged. David is one of those, in one of those cave experiences of life. And what David did not see at the time but soon would understand was the fact that God was behind it all and in control all the time. David didn't know it at the time, but God was, was going to use this time in the cave to help David grow stronger in the Lord. And the day would soon come when David would emerge from this cave far stronger than when he entered the cave. Now there are times when we too find ourselves in, the, into, in one of life's cave experiences. We think of all of our help and our strength that's gone. We feel alone, discouraged, deserted. Some of you are probably feeling that way now. It's just life. But like David, when we're dwelling in, the, in one of the caves of life, we often fail to see the hand of God behind the situation that we are facing. But I want to remind you today that, that just as surely as God is behind all the blessings of life, and generally speaking, that's where I go. I go looking for the blessings of life and I pray for blessings, we also need to know that God is behind the burdens of life as well. I was reading the prophet Isaiah this last week. Isaiah 45 verse 7 says, God says this, he says, I form the light and I create darkness. I bring prosperity and I create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. We really need to have a big perspective of God, don't we? Psalm 37 verse 23 says, If the Lord delights in the man's ways, he makes his steps firm. That's good news. Even when you're in the dark, dreary, depressing places, your steps can be firm. Romans 8, 28 and 29 says, We know that in all things, how many things? All things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he may be the firstborn among many brothers. Understand from this passage that no matter what's happening, God is using the situation to form you, to make you, to be like Jesus. He'll use wonderful blessings 
and he'll use some things that don't seem to be a big blessing as well. But he's going to make you to be like Jesus. That's the whole point of the exercise. So this morning I want to look at the, this, this topic and, and preach a little bit about, us, bit about us climbing out of our caves. So notice the incredible blessings that are contained in this passage which Louise read for us. There are the realities of the cave, first of all. So you go back to uh, 1 Samuel 22, verse 1. David left Gath and escaped the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. So the reality of this cave, there's, first of all, there's the reality of the incredible sorrow. David's been brought to the absolute bottom of life. He's hurting, he's broken, he's defeated. He's the crown prince of Israel. But he's living in a cave. He doesn't rest his head on some sumptuous bed in a palace. He rests his head on unyielding rocks. He no longer sleeps in the bed of a princess. No, he seeks rest in the dark, damp darkness of a forsaken cave. He doesn't find comfort in the house of a friend. He fights in a dirty, deserted cave. Psalm 142 was written during this time. And so it's really interesting. Is it my tie that's causing the problem or what? Is that better? Yeah, what do you need? Try that. Less noise? Okay. Good. Don't want any distractions. There are times ordained, brothers and sisters, for each of us in our lives when we enter into this cave experience. And we shouldn't expect to go through life untouched and unaffected by hardship and by sorrow. In fact, the Bible is perfectly clear about this matter. Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. There we go. Let's go home now. Ecclesiastes, he put it this way, he says, I so hated life because the work that is done under the sun is grievous to me. All of it's meaningless, chasing, chasing after the wind. Yeah, there are hard things that happen. I thank God that there's actually a place coming. I'm going to go home one day where none of this will follow me. Revelations 21 verse 4 says, He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Brothers and sisters, I might be depressing you this morning, but something better is coming. Hang on to that thought, if nothing else. So there's the reality of the sorrow. There's also the reality of the suffering in this cave, because God allowed David to come to this cave, as we learned last week. Last week we learned that David was no longer to lean on the old support structures, the props of family, friends, finances, fame, flesh, or the future. David was taught through his sufferings to lean wholly upon the Lord. You see, God wasn't trying to destroy David. He wasn't trying to discipline David. God was trying to develop David to be the man of God that he wanted him to be. Now that's David. But the same is true for each one of us. God wants to teach us to look to him alone. And I believe he uses the hardships of life to do that. God doesn't use it to break us. He does this to build us. There are times of breaking up and tearing down, but they often come before this incredible building up time. Let me read to you from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 to 13. Worth having a look at. Hebrews 5, Hebrews 12, rather, verses 5 to 13. Have you... Have you forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons? My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. 
because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. You hear what the Bible's saying? When you undergo the discipline of God, it's because he loves you. It's the same with your own children. You disciplined them as well, didn't you? Not because you wanted to hurt them, you wanted to love them. It says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you're not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees, make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. See what the Bible's saying to us here? We need to go undergo this discipline. We need to undergo these difficult times in life so that we might be able to reap that harvest of righteousness and peace when we are trained by the situations that we go through. So as hard as it is to understand and as hard as it is to bear, God uses these times of affliction and suffering and pain in our lives to train us to become more like his son, Jesus. That's the whole purpose of the exercise, to become like Jesus. So we see the reality of David's sorrow, the suffering, and also the reality of the separation here because David has been cut off from his family, his friends, his followers. He's in a place that actually prevents fellowship with others for a while. David has been brought to a place where he has, has nothing and no one to lean on except for the Lord God. This cave is a place of separation. Now we often find ourselves in the same kind of caves as well. God will bring, to us a, bring us to a place where we are, we are shut off from the rest of the world. We are shut off from people around about us. And oftentimes we, we fear those times. But the interesting thing is, if we are trained by them, if we learn, those times shouldn't be something that we fear because after this comes an incredible time of blessing. Think of David alone in his cave. Blessing comes after this. Jacob was alone in his tent. Blessing came. Elijah was alone by the brook. Remember that story? Job was alone, surrounded by friends. Ever been there? In the middle of all your friends, and you're so lonely. They don't understand things. Incredible. Moses was on the, the back end of a mountain before he had incredible blessings. Jesus was alone in Gethsemane. But after it came great blessing. Each of these these people, they experienced their greatest triumph after a time of being shut up and cut away from God, it seems. So there's these, these lessons that they're, they're to be learned in, in the dark places of life. But when they're learned well, they become great light for each one of us. So don't be so afraid when you're shut up and shut away. Because these are times of blessing, instruction and growth. We mightn't like it, we mightn't understand it, but the Lord has brought you to a place where you have no one and nothing except for him. That's a good place to be at. Because God is more than sufficient. He's more than enough. He's promised he would never leave us. He would never forsake us. You read that in the scriptures, don't you? Okay. He's a faithful friend. So let's have a look at some of the, the revelations. Because we've seen the realities of it. What are the revelations in this cave? Well, there's the revelation of David's call. Because as David's props are being taken away, one after the other, I can imagine that David, as he's in this cave, he's now going like, well, 
I'm supposed to be the king of Israel, but I'm <laughs> become a troglodyte, a cave dweller. Imagine it. But after a little while, people begin to show up in David's cave. First of all, his family comes along. Then the defeated and the downtrodden men of Israel show up. Now David's family came because of fear of Saul. And the rest of them, they came because they believed David was God's man for the future. And they all cast their lot in with David. And God used a group of people to plan for his life. We're still looking at each other. What's happening with this? Dead battery? No? No. All right. We're going to keep going. I don't know how God's going to do it, but somehow whilst you're in your cave, he's going to come to you there and he's going to confirm all the faithful promises he's made to each one of us. God will use your cave as a, as a, as a banner to write his love over your life. Remember Elijah had his ravens? Moses had the burning bush. Jesus, he had an empty tomb. God has a way of showing us that it's going to be all right. I'll tell you something. I had a, a very interesting experience, spiritual experience years ago where I saw the face of God. I couldn't see it clearly, but he just opened up the light. He opened up time. He opened up everything. And all I see is the Ancient of Days sitting there, and he says to me these things. He says, Martin, it's going to be all right. And then he closes up time again. I needed to hear that because I was in a place in my life where things were not all right. But he promised me it will be all right. So there's a revelation of David's call in this cave. There's also a revelation of David's character. When, when, when David's family and all the malcontents of Israel show up, they probably added to David's burdens, first of all, because you can imagine, right? I've got to look after mum and dad now, and I've got this ragtag bunch of people who are just disgruntled with everything. Ugh, this is not getting better. In Psalm 57, David puts it, I'm in the midst of lions, I lie among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. But it's interesting that in this experience, David also rose up and he took the, took the challenge. He took measures to care for his elderly parents. I mean, eventually he brings the king of Moab and gets them to look after, him there, after them there. And he, and he rose up to lead his men. So in, the, in this cave, in this time, David's heart revealed. He's actually being revealed as being a leader of men. So just as in the life of David, God used that time, I believe he's going to use the same experiences for each one of us. Do you remember Job? It's a fascinating story. I want to paraphrase some, some scripture because Satan comes up to God and he basically says to God, let me squeeze Job and I'm going to get some lemon juice out of him. Right, I'm going to show you how sour this bloke is. Let me squeeze him I'll, and I'll get sourness out of him. I'll get lemon juice from Job. What does he get out of Job? He squeezes Job hard. He gets the opportunity and Job fell on his face on the ground in worship and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I will depart. The Lord, the, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Satan wanted to squeeze Job and get the sourness out of him. And what did he get? He got praise of God instead. That's fascinating, the way that these things turn out. What comes out of you when you get squeezed? 
Are you going to praise God in the midst of difficulties? Are you going to recognize that life is just jolly well tough, but I'm going to praise God anyway? Because the suffering times, they will expose what's in your heart. Well, in this cave, there's also the revelation of David's commitment. Because in spite of all the circumstances and the, and the situation that David was in, David, he turned back to the promises of God. Let me turn to another psalm, Psalm, psalm 57. It's a fascinating psalm, worth looking at. All the psalms are worth looking at. But this one is, is, is written, it says in the beginning, Psalm 57, to the director of music, to the tune, Do Not Destroy of David, a miktam, when he was fled from when he fled from Saul into the cave. So David's in this cave, and he's writing about his cave experiences. He says, Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me. For you, for in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to the Most High, to God, who fulfills His purposes for me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sent His love and His faithfulness. I'm in the midst of lions. I lie among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I'll awaken the dawn. I'll praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I'll sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. How amazing that psalm is. In the midst of all this difficulty, you hear David's heart crying out. This is his commitment to God. He recognizes who God is, and he's going to praise God regardless. He held on to the Lord. He held on to the promises of God. I wish that each one of us would display the same kind of commitment when we go through difficult times in our own lives. But in this cave... There was also an incredible refreshment that happened for, Dave, for David. So the, these caves make for hard living, but they're not altogether bad. There's some refreshing discoveries here. First of all, the refreshment of David's family. David's family comes to him. Now, these are the people who used to doubt David. You know, his father ignored him. His eldest brother, Eliab, publicly rebuked David and criticized him. And now they see a man before them who's God's man and God's choice. The one they formerly would have passed over is the one they turned to for help. It seems that the caves of life have, have the potential to bring out our best. That's a change of, of, of attitude, isn't it? Look, as pastor, I've seen many people suffer incredible things. And I'm fascinated at how, how people respond to the pain that they are, they are uh, you know, called upon to bear. It's interesting because it's, it's, it's not the storms you weather that define you, it's the way you weather the storms. When I was pastor elsewhere in another church, I watched a young mum die. The doctors did all they could. We as church did all we could. We prayed, we fasted, we did the whole thing. Her husband was with her. I was with him. I watched him weep over his wife. He begged her to get better. It was a really tough time. That went on for several days. And then one night he leaned over. He kissed her on the cheek and he said, it's all right. You can go now. 
I'll miss you, but you'll be with Jesus. It still smashes me up, the emotions of that time. It was so hard. And he sat back down, and within a few hours, this precious woman was in the arms of Jesus. But her husband rose to the challenge of that night. He won a newfound respect in the eyes of all who saw him as he entered his cave, and he passed through his grace and dignity. Caves can be awful, but they can also be wonderful times of growth. Because not only did David have his family, there was the refreshment of his followers there too. The men who gathered themselves around David, they were there because they were fed up with Saul. The distressed came to David. Now the word distress means to be under stress and under pressure. We're also told that those who were in debt came to David. That means those who couldn't pay the bills. The discontented came. That refers to those who are bitter and who have been mistreated. So there's a group of hundreds of people who've suffered under the tyranny and the taxation of Saul and they're fed up with the whole situation and they go to David because they believe he's God's man for Israel. Now I'm sure that David could see in his life what they saw. At that time all David could see was defeat around about him and discouragement. Whilst David could only see the cave, those who came to him could see a crown that would come on his head. And they gathered themselves around him. They believed in him even when he was down. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something here that's really important. I value so much the encouragers of life. David had a bunch of people around who came and encouraged him in strange ways, but they encouraged him. So thank God for the people you have in your life who encourage you. God has a way of putting people around about us who, who serve as encouragers for our lives. I have had many people over the years who encouraged me. Many of you still encourage me on a daily basis. And we need that kind of ministry in a church today because there's always someone who's ready to criticize, isn't there? They're really good. I seem to have the spiritual gift of criticism. I don't know where it comes from. I don't think it comes from God somehow. But maybe God is calling you to the ministry of encouragement, building people up. That's something we can all do. So David had the refreshment of his followers who encouraged him. And he also had the refreshment of his focus. Because going through the pain and seeing all his props taken away was a painful experience for David. Having to flee from the palace and hide in a cave was humbling as well. However, in that humble hideaway, God was transforming David into a great king. Because David took a bunch of ragtag men and they were later on referred to as David's mighty men. I like that, you know, the distressed, the, the folks who couldn't pay their debts, the malcontents. They became David's mighty men. What a transformation takes place because David now gets his mind off his problems and he starts to focus on training these men. He brings them and leads them into, into becoming a mighty fighting force. It's a humble beginning, but David was focused and soon he was going to walk out of that cave and accept the crown. So if there's any one benefit of the cave that stands out, it's the fact that caves have the ability to focus our priorities. When we go into a cave experience, we certainly very soon learn what is important and what's trivia. It focuses us. It focuses us very well. So if a cave can do that, it can't be all bad, can it? David entered this cave as a broken and de defeated man. He emerged as captain of an army of mighty men. He went in running from a crazy king. He came out reaching to take, up, take the crown for himself. 
The cave, the cave refined David's life and helped to prepare him for the tasks that lay ahead. He grew in that cave because he submitted to God in that cave. So the question now is for you. What about you? Are your cave experiences blessings to your life? Or do they seem to be burdens that are too heavy to carry? If you need some help in dealing with the cave experience of your life, there's only one place to go. And that's to go to God. Submit to Him. Humble yourself under His hand. And He will lift you up in due time. I can say that from my own life experiences. And many of you also can share that story too. Yes, it was hard, but I went to God, I trusted in Him, and I came through the experience better than I was before, closer in my relationship with God. That's what He has to offer us today. And I think that's the lesson that we can learn from David, the cave experience that he had. Would you join me in prayer? Father, thank you for the difficulties of life. That's a hard prayer to pray. But we do want to praise you. And thank you that even when we don't understand what's going on, we have the promises of Scripture that you are transforming us and making us more into the image of Jesus, our Saviour and our Lord. So, Father, I pray today that we might be able to remain in your presence to get to you and get to you and receive from you every bit of help that we need to get us through the difficulties of life, knowing that we will get through the other end, that there is a day coming when we will see you face to face. And you personally will wipe away the tears from our eyes. Help us to get the right perspective, the right focus, we pray, in Jesus' name.